Hello, listeners. We have our very first ever bonus episode of Hey Honey, How Was School? These bonus episodes are completely student-planned, student-run. You guys have done all the work. I'm just here to introduce you. Um, And this is a really cool special episode because we have two Dunes Learning Center naturalist experts with us. And we have hosts Clella and Emma, who will be leading the interview. And so I'm out. Um, so yeah, like um, Mrs. Minogue said, we're going to interview the two naturalists here. Yeah. Um, what are you guys' names? Well, you, you want to go first? Or? Sure, I'll go first. My name is Aoife. And I'm Alex. Yeah. yeah. We have two naturalists here. <laughs> well, fun. Oh, and it's also Alex's birthday. It is. Other fun fact, I share the same initials as Aoife. Mm-hmm. We're both A and B people. Yes. Ooh. We call ourselves the A and B team. <laughs> you can't see, but we just high five. Yes. <laughs> so, um, why did you guys decide to become naturalists and like what interested you to be have this job? That's a great question. Um, I can go first if yeah. you don't mind. Um, go ahead. Well, my dad is a biology teacher at the high school where I grew up. He's been there for 30-something years, and he's actually just now getting ready to retire. But oh, it's wow. very exciting. But yes, like um, growing up, like I was always in and around nature stuff, and I've loved it like as long as I can remember. I guess like I have always you know like enjoyed being outside but it wasn't until like a few years ago I realized that I really enjoyed telling other people how great the outdoors are too so eventually like I found this job settled up here and I've been happy running around and teaching others about the joys of nature this whole time yeah and um my story's a little different it's funny how you know some people can have such different lives and end up in the same place but (laughs) So I guess similar to Alex, um, growing up, I was always in nature too. Um, I would always be coming to West Beach, which is one of the beaches that is part of the national park growing up. And we would always be running around. We'd stay until sunset. So I've always had a love for the dunes. It's always been like a little bit of a home. But um, in 2019, I graduated from college with actually a degree in communication. So I had no plans to be even a teacher or outside. I thought I'd be working in an office behind a computer And um, so I just graduated December 2019, and then COVID happened. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so that got me real nervous for trying to find a job. So I took the first job that I could find, which was a scheduling manager at a autism therapy center. And I realized that I really enjoyed working with the kids and shadowing the um, therapist there, but... Working behind the computer was not for me. I lasted about a month and then I quit and I just started nannying full time. And that family lived in New Buffalo and they were always out and about. And I just saw how being outside with those kids like really, really helps them get through all the stresses that you guys had to go through during COVID because I know it wasn't easy for you guys. (laughs) Um, Definitely a really weird time. Um, So yeah, then last summer, I, uh, I... got a job in Colorado at a summer camp and there I learned that outdoor education was a thing and you could be a teacher outside and teach kids about all this beautiful stuff so when I came home I went to the beach and I had a thought 
I said, this is a national park now. There must be a school that, <laughs> that is in this park. Yeah. So um, I just kind of Googled Indiana Dunes, and I found the Dunes Learning Center, and they had um, positions open. So I just I went for it, and I got the job. And everything that I teach the kids, I learned on the job. So <laughs> it's been a really cool experience. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... I guess this, like, kind of applies, but kind of doesn't. Like, what background knowledge or education did you need? Obviously, like, you, like, <laughs> yeah, like we yeah. went, like, it was really just kind of, not out of the blue, but out of the blue that you were just, like, I thought I was going to do this, but now I really want to do this. Yeah. But, like, do you have any, like, knowledge or education or anything? Well, yeah, um, of course. Like, I went to school like uh, any good, you know, like, student of a teacher. I <laughs> decided to keep going after living, you know, like, for 18-something years with my dad and learning from him. I was like, I'm going to go learn from someone else now. So I went to Ball State University. I got my degree in uh, science there with a special emphasis on biology and zoology, and I kind of had like a, a turnaround too where I thought I was going to be, I don't know, like a biologist or like a researcher doing, you know, something different than what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Aoife. Um, But yeah, like I ultimately found that like my heart wasn't in it. It felt more right to just be out in yeah. nature and exploring at my own leisure and teaching others, I mm-hmm. guess. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so... <laughs> um, <laughs> So we've been like learning a lot about um, like climate change and um, at like at in our classroom like climate change at the dunes and like the um, Great Lakes. Have you guys seen like any climate change like since you've been working here? Mm. Well, we haven't been here very long. It's yeah. only been a year, but I know that like it's usually a lot colder yeah. i feel like for a lot longer up here it's been fairly cold but also mild in the grand yeah. scheme of things i'm sure you guys uh anyone who you know what wants to go to their computer and google you know like uh michigan city lighthouse you'll see a bunch of pictures probably of it in the winter time just caked in ice <laughs> and i thought when i first came up here that the winters were going to be like that like the lake would be completely frozen we'd be like in blizzard season all all throughout the winter and we didn't really get much any of that. It was very tame. It was a very like tame and slow winter. We had a few snowfall events, but there wasn't a whole lot of ice buildup, and there wasn't a whole lot of deep freezes. And frankly, yeah, like it's a little weird and unsettling, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see all these pictures of how it should be, and then you get here and find that it's not quite that way anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, it's still like sometimes kind of cold because like you'll be, like, you're like by the ocean or whatever, and like when, mm-hmm. once you get closer, like it's colder, but like yeah. not like. Well, I'm sure you'll see that tomorrow when we're hiking yeah. and like you yeah. got the breeze yeah. coming on your face and yeah, yeah, it'll get a little chilly. Yeah. But yeah. it's just, yeah, like it's just not the same as it was. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I grew up in this area, and when I was your age, we used to have, I mean, even then it was kind of weird, but we would go into, they called them polar vortexes, and it would be oh. a few days where it was just like 30 below freezing, there were days where it was colder than Antarctica, but oh in the past few years, that hasn't Gosh. been happening, and yeah, it's just been so warm, like, and you can see, you know, when the lake doesn't freeze over, it's, um gives better conditions for flooding in the summer. And that's been happening a lot on the north, <laughs> the north part of Chicago. A lot of their beaches are disappearing because there's just so much um, water. I guess Lake Michigan is yeah. mm-hmm. higher than usual, and but like, I think this year is lower. I've like 
so I go to Lake Michigan sometimes, like, over spring or summer, and, like, one year we went, and, like, there was, like, barely any beach left, like, yeah. the water has came up so far that, like, there was, like, no beach to, like, walk or anything. Yeah, and it's sad when, because, I mean, 10, 15 years ago, there would be so much beach for you to play mm-hmm. on, and, yeah, mm-hmm. but they've been working on that, so something that they've been doing is they'll get, like, huge, tons and tons of sand and go out, maybe, like, I don't know, you can still see them, they're out far enough, but they'll just dump sand in there to try to like let make the water kind of level off. off Seems the beach. like a short side solution though yeah, to a problem thing. that's really not going to go away anytime yeah. soon. No. <laughs> but still, nice that we have beaches. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, what are some of your like worries for the ecosystems here, like with climate change? Hmm. I think the biggest worry that like comes to my mind is the smallest creatures first, the, like the most sensitive and like the tiniest that you don't always think about. One of my favorite places that we got to explore in the year that we've been here was Pinhook Bog. And for those of you listeners who don't know what a bog is, it's a very special type of habitat. It's a wetland where decomposition basically stops because the pH in the water is to such an extent that bacteria doesn't really live there. So bogs are a little like, you know, like a unique in a lot of ways. And there's a lot of cool plants and animals that live there. And pinhook bog especially is a really unique feature in the national park because we have other wetlands like you guys might see tomorrow, <laughs> but we don't have a lot of bogs. And... Like, there are plants there that you won't find anywhere else in the park. There's carnivorous plants, like pitcher plants. There are tons of blueberry bushes, like, everywhere. That's cool. That's so cool. Yeah, like, so much cool stuff there. It's almost like like its own little enclosed area. Yeah. It's like nothing really gets out of that area. Yes, exactly. Like, once you get in, it's like a whole different world. The way way that, like, I've heard it described, it's kind of like a bowl. Like, it's, yeah, like, it's this little bowl that's just in the landscape filled with its own water source and its own unique plants and animals, and it's just isolated out there. Mm -hmm. But... Anyway, I just, I guess I worry about places like that disappearing because we have no idea exactly, you know, what is going to happen in the decades to come. If it gets, you know, much hotter, what's going to happen to the plants and animals that live there? Are they going to continue to live there? Is the bog just going to fade away and like change in really unexpected and sometimes tragic ways? (laughs) Yeah. Um... When you said that your mind went to like the smallest creatures, when you asked that question, my mind went uh, to salamanders. And Mm. I don't know, just having like those special little things that make this park so unique, I think just losing all that stuff is what really worries me too. So like you said, like Penhook Bog, I mean, you're not going to find anything like that around here other than Penhook Bog (laughs) or the different like, you know, little segmented parts of this park and that really makes me nervous because seeing like all these kids who come from the city and who don't really get a chance to go out in nature, um, being able to have this so close to home means so much to all of them, means so much to me. And so, yeah, just losing the space in general and what makes it unique and losing it to like invasive species makes me pretty nervous. (laughs) Do you have any like hopes for the ecosystems? I think that my biggest hope is you guys, honestly. The, yeah, like, it sounds a little corny, but <laughs> the future really is in your guys' hands. And I see it every day, you know, like how bright and motivated all the students we have that come through are. 
I really think that, yeah, like, uh, you guys are going to be the ones to help fix the mistakes that myself and our parents' generations have made Mm -hmm. in treating the planet with, you know, the due respect and diligence that it requires to keep everything healthy and happy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with Alex. I think uh, you guys do give me hope, too. And it's, (laughs) it's cool to see, like, how many kids will come through here and how much impact you can have on people who do come through here even if you guys just come for two and a half days it's really cool to see the change from when you come and to when you leave and <laughs> we're just hoping we're instilling little seeds in you guys to help out with uh with yeah, saving I, this place i feel like i've already learned like so much i know it's just only been yeah. like the first day and like we haven't even done like half Every a day, day. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> there's still so much in store yes yeah. well and it's yeah. not just you guys of course like we're doing our part we recycle we compost yeah. and we try to teach others about that too yeah. but yeah like it's i guess like what gives me hope is you know like uh, the knowledge that's shared between mm-hmm. all of us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, how can, like, kids help and get involved to, like, conserve this national park? That's a great question. That is a great question. Hmm. I think that, uh, for starters, you can focus on your own home, for one thing. You guys are from Lafayette, right? (laughs) There's quite a bit of land out there, I know, that is, uh... Not necessarily up for grabs, but people are trying to manage differently. Um, I don't know exactly who it would be down there, but there are a number of land conservancies out there who do a lot of work to try to restore natural habitats from old farmlands or old homesteads, old properties like that. Maybe if you're older or you and your family are wanting to get on the ground level and help, you could look to volunteer with one of them. They usually are partnered with the Nature Conservancy is one of the big ones. There's also little things you can do in your hometown like uh, look to maybe limit you know how much uh, waste you're putting out into just like pick up trash along the road. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just, even it, the just the small things like mm-hmm. like we were talking about on like the. Uh, the hike we went on today, I asked, like, how many people came here, like, last year. So, and he said that in 2022, about, like, 3 million people came. Wow. And, yeah, and if really cool. everyone just picked up one piece of trash, that would be 3 million pieces of trash that got picked up. And most likely, people will just, like, pick up one trash and be done. They'll pick up, like, 5 to 10, maybe. So, that's, like, a lot of trash that could just be picked up if everyone even just picked up one piece of trash every yeah. time. Yeah, like... And, I mean, going to what I was trying to say, I guess, like, all of those little things that you can do, they add up. There's a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. If someone else sees you trying to help by clean up trash or by recycling or what have you, then they hopefully will be a little more inspired to follow suit. Mm-hmm. You know, like a monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of, yeah, like, people, they, they tend to, you know, jump on the bandwagon, as it were. And I think that, like, we're in a age, a day and age, when a lot of people are environmentally minded, and they're looking to do the right mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So if they see you guys trying to help by picking up trash, then they'll probably want to help, too. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one thing I can say is what we're doing right now, getting the word out, starting a podcast, putting it out there so people can listen to it. I mean... Clean up trash. Yeah, (laughs) clean up trash, you got it. And, like, just being able to hear young voices and hear our voices. And now this is going to all the listeners at your school who we wouldn't have been able to meet. And Mm -hmm. we get to spread that message, too. So 
I think that's cool. Another way is, you know, if you do volunteer, you do do anything and, you know, you have a following, like post it on social media, you know, <laughs> it's, it's cool to help out the environment. So I think as long as you're sharing that with people and people see that, that's a good way that young people can help out with the environment too. And otherwise, if you want to help this park specifically, like just come visit here, pay the visitor mm-hmm. fees or like donate. We, you know, like we need funding, we need money. <laughs> yeah. We got a lot of land to manage here and it, it takes a little, it takes a village, I yeah. guess. Yeah. It takes a little help. Um, also, my um, friend said today that like she also volunteers like to um, pick out invasive species at some of the like different parks um and then she like takes them homes and like turn them into food or whatever oh wow that's a great that's thing. really cool it's yeah. a great way to use um you know not just like spray invasive species but actually use them for a purpose and mm-hmm. i guess repurpose them yeah which is cool okay next question is what is the coolest animal that you've seen while you've worked here hands down it's got to be the hognose snake It's one of my favorite snakes in the entire United States. (laughs) It's this not super huge snake. It's maybe like a foot long and not a big snake or anything like that. But he's got this larger than life personality that just makes him stand out amongst like anything. They are excellent actors and bluffers. What they will do when they feel threatened, when they feel like they're being attacked and are at risk of being eaten, is they will pull out all the stops. They will shake their tail like a rattlesnake. They will spread their neck out like a cobra and they will hiss like, I don't know, like a steam engine or something. Oh my gosh. So there's just like everything in one. Yes. Yes. But it gets even better. If that doesn't, if that doesn't work, if someone's still, you know, like getting too close or if like they feel like someone's like really about to eat them, then what they will do sometimes they will roll over on their back stick out their tongue. I'm not exaggerating here. They'll stick out their tongue, open their mouth, and they will play dead. And if you try to flip them back over on the right side, then they'll just keep on rolling back on their back. I guess they think that if, like, someone, you know, comes along and sees a dead snake, they're going to leave it alone. But I don't know. They're just silly and awesome like that. I love them. Well, I have never seen a hognose snake yet. Yet, fingers crossed. <laughs> <Hopefully, laughs> yeah, hopefully I will see one soon. Yeah, like you're gonna um, like see one today or something. Yeah, tomorrow <laughs> on our hike. Yeah, but uh, yeah, hopefully. I think the animal that I got most excited for was sandhill cranes because mm-hmm. I never realized that they just—they're migrating birds, so they will fly down south um, at the end of fall and fly back up north in the beginning of spring. And we were lucky enough to go down to a state park called Jasper Pulaski and see where they have a stopover in Indiana. And we saw thousands of sandhill cranes just all coming to one spot to, you know, hang out for the night and rest before they go back down to Florida. And that was just really, really amazing to see. And they have a cool call. Are they a bird call? They they trumpet. They go yeah. like... Brruh, brruh. <laughs> So you'll just be, you know, hanging out outside and all of a sudden you're and you'll see like maybe 10 plus sandhill cranes just soaring over you and then they'll all spin in like a little circle and then pick a new direction to go. So that was really fun. And mm-hmm. then we actually have a little birding videos uh, that we post on Instagram and we were lucky enough that Alex posted uh, a video about sandhill cranes and told me a really fun fact about them that they actually like to dance too. Oh, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not so 
what's the word I'm looking for? They're not so good, I guess, <laughs> as like someone from Dancing with the Stars <laughs> or maybe someone from like America's Got Talent. <laughs> but like, you know, they're still out there giving it their best. Yeah, they're, you know, for, like, for, yeah, they're like hopping that. and flapping their wings and like doing their best to impress the, the ladies and the guys, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I can relate. I'm not the best dancer, but I'll go out there and I'll try my <laughs> best. So <laughs> I like them. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, what is your worst part and your favorite part about your job? Mm. Worst part is the mosquitoes, oh. I would say. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I have apparently just like the best blood type there is. Because <laughs> I get blood. swarmed by mosquitoes like crazy every spring and summer. And I... Ugh. I I put on bug spray and everything, and I still I still get so itchy when they bite me. And it's all inevitable that I'm gonna get bit. So I would say hands down the mosquitoes are the worst part. Yeah. yeah. Best part, um, getting to meet so many new people. I think though. Yeah, I've met a lot of great kids and like teenagers and like adults too. Like we get all kinds of people coming through here, and it's always a treat to you know like uh, make new friends out here. I guess it's not all just you know hiking around Cole's Bog all the time. We're also like learning about each other and about ourselves, and it's really fun. I agree. Oh, me think my least favorite part is the ticks. I hate ticks. I think they're so creepy, and I hate when I'm like laying in bed and I just feel something crawling on my arm. Oh. It's, we've been off trail for like four hours, and I just, yeah, then I think I'm like a tick has just been crawling on me for four hours. Thank God it didn't bite me. But uh, I feel like you become hypersensitive after yes. a long day yes. of hiking. Every little like itch or tickle, oh, you're like, like, oh, is that a tick? Is that a tick? Okay, yeah. good. What was that one? Okay, no. yeah. So that's got to be my my least favorite part but my best my favorite part um i do enjoy meeting so many people and i get to meet so many cool kids um but i think my favorite part is self for selfish reasons i just love having a job where i can act like a kid myself and have so much fun so i'll talk to my friends who all have like office jobs or work in insurance companies and like all I get to do is just talk about how much fun I had I got to do a campfire and like do skits and sing songs and teach kids about all these new things and you know they're just talking about they're complaining I never really complain that's the thing I never have to complain because I just it's so fun what we do it really is also like adding on to what you said about like the mosquitoes one time I was like with my friend, out, we were like outside for like four hours, and mm-hmm. I came back and I had like thirteen bug bites. Yes. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I went to school that. and it was like red day that day. Oh. <laughs> it was yes. so funny because I had like six on this leg, six on oh. like five on this leg, five on that leg. Like so, you're matching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you fit in for the day. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know That's what right. I dislike the most. The mosquitoes are like um, uh, they're the little bugs that like crawl like uh, up your legs like that live in the grass they're not ticks they're like chickens. is that right yeah they are awful you can't really see them so you can't swat them and once they get you it's too late you're already like broken out in a million bug bites but they're they're all bad yeah (laughs) basically the bugs yeah the the bugs bugs. yeah seriously (laughs) really no bad part about like being here it's just like all the bugs and stuff (laughs) it's funny that we're talking about the bugs so much because that's what we're supposed to be Talking about for our summer camp. It's oh, going to be right. insect themed. Yeah. Oh. So we might have to, you know, like dodge the whole, like, are mosquitoes, like, good or bad conversation? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So yeah, usually at the end of our podcast, we like share a boring fact or like a really like weird question. Mm. So yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Our question is: What is the weirdest thing in your refrigerator? Oh my gosh, I've heard this question asked so many times <laughs> on this show that I watch, and I, I always think about it. See, that's the that yeah, that's challenging though because it's not just my fridge. I've got three roommates, and I have oh. no idea what all they have in there. Um, let me think on that for a second. Ifa, do you have anything? I have two things come to mind. One thing, which I guess isn't that weird, but it's like two-year-old yeast that I used to make sourdough with and it's just been in the back of my fridge for about two years and then my other one would be probably like a if you've ever made kombucha it has like a brain or I call it a brain <laughs> it's called a scoby yeah. I know I was like wait what a brain yeah it's called a scoby so it's the thing that eats all the sugars and basically ferments um my kombucha I probably shouldn't keep it in the fridge because it's probably dead by now also, oh. but yeah, that's in my fridge and it looks like brains. I used to kid around with uh, one of my neighbor's nephews used to come over and see my kombucha and we'd always tell him it was brains <laughs> and he'd always get so freaked out. I feel like my stuff is going to be so tame by comparison. <laughs> um, I have a concoction I call a corn casserole in my uh, oh. fridge right now. It's a recipe passed down from my grandfather's side of the family. It's just basically like four, maybe five cans of corn, oh, sweet oh, wow. corn and like uh, cream corn. Oh. And then you throw in some cornmeal and then you throw in some butter, sour cream and sugar. It's not, it's not the healthiest of dishes, but it just tastes corn. really good. Yeah. Basically corn. corn and sugar. Listen, yeah. I was born in Indiana, That's so I was going to, of course, like come up with some weird corn dish at some point. Yes. But anyway... Um, um, yeah, that's one of the weirder <laughs> things right now. I also got a drink from Kentucky called A-Late One, but it's spelled, like, so weird. It's ale, like A-L-E, and then it's the letter 8 and 1. Oh. Because it's, it's a late A-L-8-1. one. A-L-8-1. Uh-huh. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Cool. Yeah, those are my two weird things. I mean, yeah. right now I have two cakes in my fridge. Okay. Um, Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's just hard because like we haven't really eaten them, so they're just sitting there taking up space. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like we're not really doing anything with them. They're just like in there. And it's like, well, every time we open the fridge, it's like, oh, we should probably eat those cakes, shouldn't we? And uh, not right now. We'll do yeah. it later. Oh, we should probably eat those. And uh, we'll do it later. <laughs> then, must, like we never get. Yeah, must be nice to have cakes in the fridge. It's my birthday, and I don't have any cakes oh, in there yeah. yet. We'll have a cake tomorrow. Please. <laughs> oh, I was gonna ask. Do you know how old the cakes are that are in your fridge? They're not. They're not old. They're probably like a week or two old. Oh, okay, so that's not that's too bad. bad. Because like we, me and my sister just had like our birthdays like oh. a little bit ago. Oh, Mine was the twenty eighth, and hers was the twenty second. So oh, okay. we had our family party was on the twenty first. So okay. we had our our grandma made us cakes. So they've just kind of been sitting in the fridge. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. sweet. Yeah. Happy belated birthday. Happy yeah. late birthday. <laughs> Yeah, we're actually both April birthdays because mine was the fifth. So mine's like the oh, beginning of the month and hers is the very end. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I'm also happy belated birthday. <laughs> yeah, happy later birthday. Yeah, like yeah. month late birthday, but yeah. still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, um, probably the worst thing in my fridge is just like moldy food, like fruit <laughs> and yeah. cheese or something. My mom's probably going to kill me for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on. Is the cheese supposed to be moldy or not? No. Uh-oh, okay. <laughs> 
I have to ask, is your mom someone who will take out, like, moldy strawberries and cut off the moldy part and give you the not moldy part? Um. My mom was like that. <laughs> At least, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't noticed if it has happened. <laughs> uh, before we go, I forgot we didn't talk about this. I just was thinking of it while you guys were talking, but, um. I feel like most end of podcasts when you have guests, like, do you guys want to do a plug for the Dunes Learning Center or your Instagrams or whatever so people can follow you and check you guys out? You're the social media director, so... Yeah, give us the D. Yeah, you can follow us on Instagram, um, at Dunes Learning. Um, Yeah, we're an open page, but feel free to click that follow button because that helps. (laughs) It looks pretty good today. (laughs) Uh, We also have a YouTube channel. It's just Dunes Learning Channel. Um, We have a really cool series up called Silly Science with Sierra where you get to learn new different science experiments you can do at home. And they all have to do with nature things. Um, We're also on Facebook as the Dunes Learning Center. And you can go to our... Uh, website just duneslearningcenter.org and we have really cool blog posts from all the naturalists um yeah every month a new blog post goes up and it's just like a little piece of how this job has affected someone who works here mm-hmm. yeah those are all cool. things yeah oh, nice <laughs> yeah also on our instagram we kind of mentioned earlier but we have a, a little mini series called birding with birdsall uh-huh. for the <laughs> famous alex birdsall he is the bird master and he gives fun facts about birds on there. And it's a really fun series. Fun is like a subjective thing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, I'm just realizing that we forgot our outro. I didn't uh, bring our outro. Oh, no. Do you guys Can we just like Yeah, we just like say it. And then we'll do the Sawyer part. Do I start by saying it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just say like, thanks for listening. Na, 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 na. Oh.